0: Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. I'm your host, Timothy Michael McKernan. We're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios and it's questions from the audience day. And I love questions from the audience day. As I say, every time we have questions from the audience day, it's just me and the microphone, Jack, just me and the microphone, Jack. And I uh, got some good questions today. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting into them and And I guess for those of you, because it seems like the the vast majority of the questions that I get are kind of St. Louis region-centric, and both of these questions uh, that we are going to attempt to tackle today are St. Louis region-centric. So for those of you who like that, that's what you will get. This is my opinion. Inevitably, it will lead to some bantyism, and I think I'll get bantyism from quote-unquote both sides, although I'm not necessarily talking about Democrat-Republican. I'm just kind of talking about like factions of St. Louis, so to speak. Um, so it's a no-win play, but that's that's fine. I'm essentially a gentleman who exists in my basement. So uh, these are my opinions, and, and it doesn't mean that I want to attack you if you don't share my opinions. Although I imagine I'll get attacked because uh, you don't share mine. But that's the nature of the beast uh, sometimes in social media and uh, impersonal conversations via email. So it goes. Either way, I'm glad that we have the opportunity to discuss them and uh, and do so in an unfiltered manner. And uh, it's all provided because of people like Ryan Kelly, com, who sponsors the podcast and has since the very beginning. Thank you, Ryan Kelly. Thank you for making this podcast possible, a podcast that has us doing uh, interviews with uh, what I would say are pretty big-name guests in the St. Louis area and even beyond St. Louis. Um, this week and last week, of the rare two-parter, the first-ever two-parter with young page views, a St. Louis native, Ben Friedman of Barstool. And uh, and coming up, Wesley Bell, the newly elected St. Louis prosecuting attorney, Dan Deerdorf, the pro football Hall of Famer slash broadcaster, um, along with uh, a bunch of interviews here with, at, th- at this point, we've talked with damn near everybody that I've wanted to talk to when we started the thing, you know, ranging from Governor Jay Nixon to Senator Jack Danforth to Bill DeWitt to Tom Stillman to Hall of Famers, whether they be members of the Cardinals or Blues or soon-to-be Hall of Famers in the case of uh, members of the St. Louis Rams with Isaac Bruce. Uh, So the producers of the program have done an incredible job, and we have those for you every Sunday night, and then we have uh, the questions from the audience on Wednesdays, and then the Pick 6 podcast, which is our football pick uh, podcast, and even though... I kind of view this, the podcast as like, yeah, we're just guessing and flipping coins and hitting. I got to tell you something, not because it's me, but because I've got a guy who legitimately studies this stuff. I'm at like 61%, I think, against the spread. Uh, and I went 6-0 and this past week and producer Joe went 6-0 and this past week and even G-Unit. And now there is a fade G-Unit t-shirt out there. He went 4-2. So now inevitably what's going to happen now is that we're on this heater of going as a combined show 16 and 2 and Joe and I go a combined 12 and 0 that we will have a disastrous weekend coming up. But Joe's like 56 or 7% against the spread and I'm 60 61% against the spread. That's that's really uh good. But again, I want to make it clear I got to credit my guy because I you know, I, one of my picks was Kansas against Kansas State this past weekend. I wouldn't know the first thing about picking Kansas. But hey, he's been on it. God bless some guys on a heater. So anyway, there's the schedule here on the Tim McKernan Show. Um, And now we're doing a a hot stove show with Dan McLaughlin once a week. That's a separate project, but you can watch it on Facebook Live, and you can watch it on Periscope on Twitter. And we'll do that twice a week starting in spring training, but once a week now through the end of January. And uh, with this offseason having so much anticipation and uh, some... uh, Anxiety, I think for Cardinal fans, I think it's a good thing uh, that we're going to be doing this because there seems to be uh, news throughout the course of the off season, and Dan and I will be able to break it down and have chats with people on Facebook live and on Periscope. So uh, follow the hot stove show on Twitter with me and Dan McLaughlin and you can follow it also on Facebook and that's where you'll be able to watch it. Plus we put the podcasts of each one of our episodes up on our respective podcasts. Mine, the one you're listening to the Tim McCurney show and Dan's scoops with Danny Mac. So uh, that's what we got going on. In addition to a week from Friday night, the night after Thanksgiving, Friday night, Dan McLaughlin and I have a suite for the Blues and Predators game. Now, that Friday night after Thanksgiving is always a pony in St. Louis because people come town for the holiday weekend. And so now you can hang out in a suite. And we what we have is uh, an all-inclusive setup. We have a private bartender, our own personal bartender. We have gourmet food. It starts 90 minutes before the game. And uh, and we have a suite for the Blues and for the Predators. So if you are interested, go to eventbrite.com and type in my name, type in Dan McLaughlin's name, whatever. It's Hockey Nights presented by Bud Light. And get yourself uh, some tickets as portions of the proceeds go to benefit the tra- charity Dan has worked with for 14 years, if I'm not mistaken. That's the Special Education Foundation. We did the event with John Mazalak. Earlier this week, uh, which you can listen to, by the way, on this podcast network, Um, the Q&A with John Mazalok, and that was at the improv shop with portions of the proceeds going to benefit Three Little Birds for Life, the charity I have worked with for a number of years. Dan's worked with the Special Education Foundation, so that's uh, the charity we're working with on that event. It's called Hockey Nights, presented by Bud Light, and the uh, tickets include all of your food. All of your beverages, 90 minutes before the game, all the way to the conclusion of the game. Me and McLaughlin hanging out in this uh, suite with you and uh, ideally some of your friends. Looking forward to that. So get your tickets at eventbrite.com. Uh, and in addition, I should make make note of this, that uh, we're in uh, the Ryan Kelly expert.com studios. And, uh, you know, I know James Carlton's been a sponsor for the, the, the very beginning of the the show. And that's great. It's lovely to have sponsors because without sponsors, we don't have a show. But the thing that I would want to point out to people is this, that I have made the switch to James Carlton. And so therefore now I can speak to you from a firsthand experience with James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent, 314-961-4800 or online at carltoninsurance.net. And so I got together with James now that I've switched to him. And this is just a personal anecdote, but it conveys how good he is at his job uh, we're sitting there having lunch. This is just last week, not even a week ago. And um, and he brings a bunch of uh, notes and he said, listen, he goes, you really have good coverage, but you're missing one thing. And he told me what it was. And I don't know if I should go into what it was. It's not a huge deal. Uh, well, it is a huge deal that I didn't have it, but, you know, to go into. And he goes, I really think that you ought to, you ought to get this and here's why. And he laid it out. And, I'm, and what I was thinking was, well, yeah, you're right. I should. But what I was thinking is. Wow, I can't believe that I didn't have this coverage, and that is why James is different than everybody else. Uh, he is an active partner as your insurance agent. I think I would imagine almost everybody listening has an insurance agent, but it's probably somebody you know, and you're just kind of like, "Yeah, I got to get insurance. What does it matter?" You know. But here's the difference with him: it's it's the service, it's the knowledge of the industry. And just that right there, that, the, I switched for a reason. And it wasn't like, hey, I'll advertise if you switch to me. It was, I, I've seen him in, in action. He handled one thing for us, and it was handled so well that I thought my responsibilities to my wife and my son, I got to do what's best for us and and not, you know, just stick with somebody's because that's what we've been doing forever. And James is going to put us in a better spot. And that's why we did it. His numbers is 3149 Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton, if your insurance costs a leg and an arm, then call James Carlton state farm all right two topics today and i'm looking forward to getting into them both even though i anticipate a negative reception to either or both of them but so so it goes uh, that's what that's what i really think and so that's what i will say uh now one thing is is more of a fan page thing because it got into um, our q and a which if you haven't listened to, as I said, it's, on, it's, it's one of the podcasts uh, here on the Tim McKernan Show. It's the Tim McKernan and Dan McLaughlin Q&A presented by Bud Sleck with John Mazalak. And this gentleman wrote on the fan page, I'm usually a lurker, but I have a mini rant based on the discussion about the lack of Lambert flights being a possible small contributor to players not signing with the Cardinals. And this was in reference to uh, what John Mazalak said. He talked about the airport being an issue. Um, uh, specifically, and I think in a way it was just kind of like a throwaway comment, but he did say that it would help if there were more direct flights. Um, and, and there was a reaction from the audience when he said it kind of like laughter and like, Oh man, you know, I can't believe he said that. And this gentleman says, I've heard this lack of direct flights brought up a number of times over the years on the show with regard to your average person flying. I just don't get this complaint at all. In the past few years I've flown direct and then he lists, uh, a number of cities Uh, where are these mysterious cities that people can't get a direct flight to hate on Lambert main terminal all you want for being a ghost town late at night. From what I can tell Southwest is thriving here, opening more and more gates in terminal two. And they have a ton of direct flight options. Are people just dead set on flying American or something and then get upset when they don't have a direct somewhere they want to go? are they booking last minute and the directs are sold out Do the TV networks, force employees to take the cheapest possible flight option, which ends up being the one with two layovers instead of the direct. I just don't get the complaint otherwise. So I appreciated the way he phrased it because he, you know, I mean, so many times when we're talking about a topic, we don't know so much. And I think when you're coming from a place of seeking an answer or seeking information, your question will be received better if it doesn't come off with some kind of what you usually see on social media a know it all, and then like an attack on either a person or uh, a group of people who have one view that you don't particularly share. So I appreciated that. Um, and as somebody who, with both TMA, but I guess more so with this podcast, have been uh, has been lucky enough to interview, you know, uh, government leaders in the area. Uh, it's a conversation that's come up a few times here on the show regarding Lambert. I, I know recently, and I can't recall with whom, but I feel like I can picture the person. Um, the privatization of Lambert certainly being a topic, but Lambert is, you know, it was it like a it Joe Strauss may he rest in peace? One of his favorite topics. So here, here is where I know that I'll lose some people, but but it, it comes from a good place, um, and then I'll then I will give you my a response to what the gentleman wrote because I spent a good amount of time on it, uh, even though I know it won't be received real well, and I'll explain why I don't think it'll be received well. So, here, for whatever reason, and I don't know why this is, um, but the way things are at this particular moment in St. Louis's history, and it is, in my opinion, substantially different than 30 years ago, And then if you want to take 30 years off that and then go back into the 50s, substantially different uh, from where St. Louis was. um, We're in a weird spot because, as I've said a number of times, I would buy St. Louis if it were a stock at this point. And there's two ways to take that, and both ways apply to my statement. You, you don't buy a stock when you think its value is at its highest. That would be a bad buy. You buy a stock when you think its value is its lowest, and then therefore it has implied value. Um, and then also, um, if you believe that the stock, of course, is going to increase in value. So part of it is an acknowledgment that the stock value is low, and then also the positive is is that I think it is going to turn around. In some capacity, it's in part because it can only get better, but in another, I just see things that I think are positives. Um, you know, I saw, um, an article, I wish I could pull it up and maybe I can, because I think that there's some value to it. Um, and that is a list from the Brookings Institute, uh, that America has many highly inclusive digital places, but few are also inclusive. I'm sorry. America has many highly digital places, but few are also inclusive. These eight cities have the best tech opportunities for women, minorities, and workers without a college degree. And it cites a number of cities and St. Louis is one of those cities. So my whole thing that I keep going back to with startups is the tech startups. Now what some people point out as to is when they take off, then they relocate and leave St. Louis. But I think that that is a, a very healthy situation for our region, that that is considered nationally Uh, perhaps globally, something that St. Louis is bringing to the table. The other thing that I think has great value is that people acknowledge now in St. Louis, not everyone, but some acknowledge that we have problems here. Then you have a faction of people who just go, oh, it's just in vogue to hate on St. Louis, and then just kind of dismiss it. And I would point out that at this point, if you think everything here is going great, that's great. I just think that most people would Tell you that, and I'm talking about people in whether it be in business or politics, that that is not necessarily the case. Um, but despite that, there's this odd thing, and it's kind of gone on over the last 15 years or so that if you're critical of something, that means you don't love it. And I would suggest that if you're critical, then that means that you care. So, with regard to the specific question, uh, this is uh, what I uh, what I would say um, and what I did say in my response. Um, personally, I thought there were two super candid moments from John Mozalek Monday night. Number one, when he said Bill DeWitt was not happy with him with regard to finishing as the bridesmaid so often with pursuit of free agents. And then number two, when he brought up the issue with Lambert out of nowhere. Now, I've asked the question about Lambert as to why it's an issue, because while it's a combination of depressing in one sense, but then, like, sadly convenient that there aren't a bunch of people around when you land in comparison to other top 25 markets, airports, it's something that gets brought up often by business travelers and people who are not from here but who fly here. Now, it's easier to make fun of the criticism and dismiss it because that has worked so well for us here in St. Louis over the last few decades as we've soared behind Indianapolis and Nashville. But in hosting a show in which we discuss the issues, why they're deemed problems, and then when having these people on the show see what they gather are solutions, it's something that I wanted to get a better idea on why it's a problem in some people's minds. So i in looking into it, for the average St. Louisan who flies more for pleasure than for business— You would never really think much of it. You look at the Southwest schedule. That's what most people, I think, do at this point, because that's certainly the main airline in St. Louis. Find the route with the fewest stops, best departure time, and least expensive fare, and then you hit click. And that's how the vast majority of non-business travelers, myself included, travel in and out of Lambert and really have for the last decade plus. Now, going back to 2000, when I was working at KMOV for five years, and we were traveling with the Rams and the Cardinals and the Blues and Missouri and St. Louis U, and they would be in the NCAA tournament, I think if I had to go back from memory, I would tell you that I flew non-Southwest flights more in that five-year period than Southwest flights, and even though it was only 13 years ago, it seems like a totally different era, Um, but it was. It was a totally different era. And so there were a couple of times that I can specifically recall for Blues playoff trips, one in the year they won the president's trophy in 2000 when they were playing the sharks, uh, that we had to fly through Minneapolis to get to San Jose. And then we had to, in 2003, when they were playing the Canucks, we had to fly through Phoenix. So we're going all the way down to Arizona, uh, to get to Vancouver. And so, you know, the, Th- those are two examples. And so, yes, I realize you can certainly fly. You, you without question, can fly. I, I don't even know where you can't fly from St. Louis. The issue is the direct flight. The, usher, the other issue is the options. So, therefore, from a timing standpoint and an airline standpoint. And then, if you are a business traveler or if you are an employer, um, there are a number of people who travel so much for a living that they, at that point, have the ability to sit in business class or first class. Now, this is where we get into this weird thing, which will actually be my second question uh, for questions from the audience today uh, regarding, um, I don't know what the right term for it is, and I know this one I'm really going to get hate on, but I, I feel strongly about it, so I'll talk about it, which is like this anti-success sentiment, especially for young people in St. Louis, where if like you're doing well for yourself, you almost have to hide it, and then the people who actually aren't doing that great somehow kind of go rap game on it and then start flashing. Um, and, and it's almost like ambition and initiative are discouraged here. And I don't get it. Um, and it's not by certainly everyone. Uh, it's by a, a sliver. But it, yet I notice it and it's an odd thing. Whereas like there's a population of um, people in, in Chicago, you think about it, for example, is, in, is a near example. And then now I'm being told about Kansas City. Um, where it's like, it's like encouragement. It's like, it's like the, the end thing to do is to, you know, uh, get out of college and then like, you know, do as well as you possibly can, um, you know, and, and have an, and have an, a certain amount of pride in trying to create or be an entrepreneur. And then if you are successful, it's not like you have to apologize with a with a sarcastic hashtag blessed. Um, so, so we'll get into to that element of it, but that's a factor. Because why? Well, if you fly Southwest, there is no first class. There is no business class. And I don't personally give a damn about it. I just don't want a middle seat myself. And at this point with a one-year-old, it's not like I'm flying everywhere all the time anywhere. It's, it's not a big deal for me, but I'm looking at it from a regional standpoint. And that is a legitimate issue. As somebody posted uh, in this thread, uh, let's see. Uh, This gentleman does not live in St. Louis, but he's a St. Louis native. And he said, we have international companies in St. Louis. Travel for companies like Emerson is a major, major problem. Um, But, I mean, if you're going to isolate it in on what John Mazalak said regarding free agency, I personally uh, am surprised to hear that because if you're going to sign an eight-figure or nine-figure contract, you're probably going to be flying out of spirit on your own plane uh, or at the very least, on you know wheels up or net jets, and you're not going to be really worried about flying commercial. But if you are trying to fly family in, you know it can it can be a, you know it can be quite an odyssey at times because you're probably not going to have the vast selection of nonstops that you would have from other top 25 markets. So when I laid out that case, um, you know I, I listed the top 25 markets in the country, and and some people and I and I just say this stuff like secondhand because when you're in television. Uh, As I was at the time, you know what the the markets are because that's what you're doing for a living. Um, You know, so it's like, okay, when I started in Little Rock, it's market 57. I had an offer from Monterey, California also as a first job. And it was like market 115 at the time. Austin at the time was 60. And I would imagine Austin, Texas is shooting up those rankings. St. Louis, as Mark Montevani said when he was in, uh, was number 10 as far as market size. Uh, And this wasn't that long ago. St. Louis is now number 21, but I list the top 25 markets and it has nothing to do with airports. It's more about regions, population size. And when, for those of you who have traveled in these airports, it's New York, LA, Chicago, Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco, Washington, Houston, Boston, Atlanta, Tampa, Phoenix, Detroit, Seattle, Minneapolis, Miami, Denver, Orlando, Cleveland, Sacramento, St. Louis, Charlotte, Pittsburgh, Raleigh, Durham, and Portland. I would imagine most of you would agree if you do travel that st louis's options in comparison to those other top 25 markets would be on the low side they have multiple airports um and there are multiple multiple, some have multiple airports but multiple airlines is what i meant to say and then therefore with multiple airlines you have options and also with options outside of southwest you have the ability for business class but even if you're not flying business class and you're flying coach to not be pinned in on, oh, if I want to fly nonstop, it's got to be at six in the morning or it's got to be at eight at night. Uh, or if I am going to fly from St. Louis to take your pick of not Chicago or Dallas or Atlanta, uh, I've got to stop in Chicago, Dallas or Atlanta in order to get to X, Y or Z. And again, this is not an across the board statement. It was a question brought up by what John Mozalek brought up with regard to uh, Lambert. So I went on to say, now those of us have been to some of these airports listed above in part one. We might say things like Laguardia is a shithole or Denver's airport is so far from the city. But specific to what the complaint is from business travelers, okay, that's that's I think to me the difference here because is is a guy just like traveling, like okay, we're going to go to Las Vegas for the weekend. Um, it's like okay, whenever we fly, we fly. But if it's business or if you are the actual business and you're flying your employees or you're flying people to St. Louis, it's an issue. And so even though the the original question was regarding Mazelok's question, he said the average traveler, but yes, that's the average traveler, but that's not what we're talking about here when you're talking about what Mazelok's bringing up. The difference between these markets and Lambert's airport is the option for multiple airlines and direct flights. So if you want to dig it down further, And this would fall into the category of my second question, which personally, I think, hurts St. Louis in some capacity. But for those who are able to fly first class or business class, you do not have the option on Southwest, which is the main carrier in and out of Lambert. And finally, you have nearly no direct international flights from St. Louis, like literally uh, now that the Icelandic flight is going to be going away here in the next couple of months, if you even wanted to count that. So I'm only speaking for myself on this particular point as someone with a one-year-old and who travels to one of three states, and that's about it. I'm quite happy with my three-hour nonstop to Las Vegas via Southwest or the nonstop options to West Palm Beach or Fort Myers. The only other place we really go is Hilton Head, and that's just not going to be ideal no matter where you are, because Hilton Head is a very small airport. So you're either flying into Savannah, Georgia, or Charleston, and then just driving. Nature of the beast. But the beast. But the criticism of Lambert is not about an individual's pleasure travel so much as it about business travel. And this is my analysis. The discussion with Mazalak came up when I asked him about St. Louis being a destination for big time free agents. Uh, Now. So I asked the question, who have been the biggest free agents to come to St. Louis over the last few years? And I think we would agree, if we're talking last few years, Dexter Fowler. Now, what happened with Dexter Fowler? He didn't really want to come to St. Louis um, per sources, at least in comparison to what I think were San Francisco and Toronto as his other major pursuers at the time. So St. Louis had to give him the extra year and money to get it done after Eaton. Adam Eaton went to the Nationals for a King's Ransom. I believe that similar to Christian Yellich this past offseason, two offseasons ago, the Cardinals' preference was Adam Eaton, but then the Nationals paid the White Sox in prospects, a price that the Cardinals, I don't think, were anticipating uh, being the cost of getting Adam Eaton. Do I think Dexter Fowler had hesitation about St. Louis because of the airport? No. I think for someone who's going to make nine figures or close to it, they want to live and raise their families in a city that matches the lifestyle they want for themselves and their families, and I completely understand it. And for many who make that kind of money, it's going to be a coastal city or a major growing city. And that is why I asked the question to Mazalak. That's why I wanted to see if, like, St. Louis's perceived reputation when you're digging down to do I want to live there or not uh, is a factor in the Cardinals not landing the big-name free agents over the last X amount of years. I never thought that the airport figured into play, so it was surprising when Mazalak brought it up. of course, ironically, with regard to Fowler, the reason that the TMA fan page broke the story that he was coming to St. Louis is because one of the members of the fan page actually shot a picture of him in the cattle call line for a Southwest flight from McCarran in Las Vegas to Lambert. With regard to any solution, which is what separates the men from the boys and those on the sideline from those who dare to step in the arena, I view it as a chicken and egg discussion. In addition to our conversation on Josh Hawley last month when we had lunch, Jack Danforth asked me this incredibly open-ended question that I made reference to earlier uh, on a podcast, which was, so what do you think of St. Louis? And we laughed about how vague the question was, but I'm sure that was his intent to make it open-ended. And I expressed the same optimistic view that I shared earlier, um, that startup companies have found a welcoming, welcoming climate in St. Louis and a young creative class, many of whom are not from here, will only help the region. He agreed with that part. But he said it concerns him how many of the big companies have moved out of the region over the last couple of decades and talked about how not only those companies are important from a tax standpoint, but also the domino effect it has. In other words, as recently as the 80s and early 90s, you had people that many of our parents can cite as the people who you knew would represent St. Louis in New York or L.A. when shit was going down and they would take care of business for St. Louis. The name Bob Highland is one that I'm familiar with. My dad would always bring his name up. Danforth did as well at lunch. And because he made his mark in the industry in which I work, I'm certainly familiar with his name, although I never met the man. Hyland ran KMOX, and he was just an absolute force, uh, both at KMOX and, and a leader in St. Louis, amongst others. And that goes back to a comment I often make when we have this discussion on the podcast regarding the void of leadership in the region. And it's, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question, and I ask myself the question, but, I mean, who do you think it is? Is it Lida Cruson? Is it Steve Stanger? Is it governor Parsons? Is it Senator Blunt? Is it soon to be Senator Hawley? I mean, you get the idea as I'm listing those people. I don't think, and it's, it's, it, I know it can come off as a shot. It's not intended to be a shot, but as I give those names, do any of those inspire you? I mean, honestly, do they, I, I think, in, I think, in probably in some cases you're kind of cringing. Um, and so there's, there's, the, there's my point, the lead, but the leader didn't have to be a politician. Highland wasn't a politician. However, you want to have someone who gets things done and speaks on behalf of the region for the greater good. And Danforth's contention is and was that St. Louis had with these business leaders, we had leaders. And now many of those businesses are gone. And with fewer business travelers, you have fewer flight options. Going back to the chicken and egg. If St. Louis were to have what it had going as recently as 30 years ago, I'm quite certain the flight options would be better at Lambert. But it's economics. There isn't much of a demand. So there isn't a supply. Now, specific to it impacting baseball's elite free agents, I think it wouldn't even crack the top 10 on why they would choose a city over St. Louis. Why? Because they'll fly private. But I have never run a baseball team and tried to sign or acquire David Price, Jason Hayward, John Carlos Stanton, or even had conversations about why they are considering another city over St. Louis. So I have to yield the Mazaloc, a person who has done it and who actually brought it up. And from my standpoint, the bigger issues are these two. Number one, the amount of money the Cardinals are willing to put on the table. Number two, the individual and what the individual wants. In the case of the four biggest names to choose St. Louis over the last 20 years, when they could have gone elsewhere, McGuire, Edmonds, Roland, Holiday, they all had kids and were at the latter portion of their career. Now, of course, most free agents are going to hit the market at that time. That's the way the system works. But for those wanting to raise a family, you often hear how great St. Louis is. And on top of it, if you're looking at McGuire in 97, Edmonds in 2000, Roland in 2002, and Holiday in 2009, the team was winning at a level that they are not now. Uh, When McGuire came here, the team was one win away from playing in the World Series in 96. Uh, And Edmonds came here, and he didn't sign immediately. He was traded here, but then he loved that group of players in 2000, and obviously they won. Roland came here. The Cardinals had gone to the playoffs two straight years. And Holiday comes here, and the Cardinals have a great team in 2009, but they just faltered in the postseason getting swept by the Dodgers. But to get one of those players and look at a big-time player choosing St. Louis, you've got to go back nearly a decade to Holiday. And that's why I think the free agent element of this offseason is so intriguing because I think for some St. Louisans, consciously or subconsciously, a big-time player choosing St. Louis over all of these other bigger cities or growing regions would be a boost for the morale of the area. It won't get us more flights out of Lambert, but it would be some form of a win. And for those of us who live here, we know we have some legitimate issues, but we also have a lot to offer. And the great news is there's a recognition of the problems now and a desire to actually get to work to find solutions. And that is the first step. So I welcome your thoughts on it, Um, and I know it can lead to long emails, and and when you send a long email, I I sincerely, I do, I read it. I really actually enjoy reading them, because almost every one of the emails that I get, uh, they're not like the kind of like motherfuck emails that you would usually get like when you write a column or something along those lines, or do a podcast, Um, even though I know that the opinion might not be popular, because if there's one thing that can get people uh, a little upset, it's criticism of St. Louis. But if it's one of our own doing it, it's more welcome than if it's somebody who's not from here, uh, which, you know, take it or leave it. I just believe that to be the case. Um, So there there are plenty of flights out of St. Louis. It's just the majority of them are Southwest flights. And and then it also limits nonstop. And then, of course, there are no first-class or business-class options. So, you know, the tough thing is, is then you're getting into talking about, um, money and or socioeconomic status, which then gets me to the second question. Um, I wrote earlier in, in that manifesto regarding the airport, um, about the first class element. And, um, and then that led to somebody writing in, you said that you think that's a bad thing for St. Louis. Let me pull it up. What did you mean by that? And so this is some, I've talked about it with a few people and it's a weird thing. Um, And it's, but it's, I have to tell you, it's something I feel strongly about. Um, But it's an odd thing because it's, I just know, I just know it's an odd thing uh, to talk about in, in probably a zero upside play, but it's something that I speak about often. And I spoke about it when I was in my twenties. And now that I'm in my 40s, I still speak about it. In other words, the goalposts don't move just because my demographic has. Uh, I'm going to continue to get older unless there becomes some kind of Benjamin Button phenomenon. But it's not going to change my mind on this. St. Louis is going to prosper when St. Louis has a young and vibrant professional community. And right now for many young professionals, if they do go to college and graduate from college, coming back to St. Louis, even if they are St. Louis natives and their families live to St. Louis, is not necessarily what many want to do. It's not to say all. Uh, I think you probably, if you were taking like University of Missouri graduates, um, I would imagine the percentage would be higher. But if you go to a school outside of Uh, the St. Louis area, and just for the sake of the discussion, we'll include Columbia, Missouri in there. More often than not, you will see people spend their 20s in Take Your Pick. Chicago, certainly, I would imagine would be number one, but I would also include Denver, Dallas, some New York, some L.A., some Miami, whatever the case might be. And so at the uh, Q&A on Monday night with John Mazalak, after Mazalak was done, Dan and I were asked some questions. One of the questions was about the MLS, and the reason why I am so, uh, I don't know, so high on, but excited about the MLS is because so often you have a younger fan base, and it kind of becomes a social event for younger people at some of these MLS franchises. And listen, I love the Cardinals. The Cardinals are why I got into broadcasting. Um, but I mean, t- you know, if you if you do watch other games in baseball. Uh, You know, compare the crowd at Busch Stadium to, you know, certainly Wrigley Field would be an easy example. But, you know, your pick of a variety of other. And it's just it's a little more energetic. And that's just because St. Louis is a little older. It's just the way that it is. Um, But again, I know saying this is going to piss people off. And it's one of those things like, but 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 the goal is to have the conversation. And at the risk of having an honest conversation comes criticism. And I'm fine with that. I shall take it. Um, But I feel strongly about it. And one of the reasons why the morning grind which was the first morning after was formed was because I'm sitting here at the time 24 years old and I'd be driving into work and I'd go my god there's not anything on in St. Louis that caters to a 24 year old it's it's just like for it's for older people um and I thought that was just really odd and I'm like this is the 21st market in the country and so my premises Young people, now there's some slivers of young people certainly having a monster representation, but they're like slivers of the community. I just feel like young people have either been ignored or young people haven't really had uh, their voices heard or attempted to have their voices heard as a real force in the region. And I think it's in the best interest of the region for that to be the case. Uh, And that now I still say, even though I'm now 42 years old. And so when I look at, for example, Chicago... Is an easy example, or Denver, or as making reference to what Senator Danforth said, he sees Kansas City, and you go, my God, and then now it's Indianapolis and Nashville, Louisville. What's going on? What has caused it? Uh, and there's certainly a lot of political factors, whether it be with uh, the mergers in those particular areas, or just the job opportunities and the dollars that are there, and the job market in those particular places that separated. And I understand that. But one thing that I just, I've, I've, and it's an odd thing. And, and I also want to make it clear because at this point as the father of a one-year-old, it's not like I'm, and I do not like those kind of like, you know, charity events that are really like, you know, social events under the guise of a charity event type thing. Like, let me get my picture and be in a live magazine type thing. That's not my bag. Um, so I'm not going to this stuff. And so it, in some corners, um, you might go, oh, Tim, I think this is outdated and I don't think this is the way that it is anymore. And if that's the case, that is great. But from my perspective, uh, in talking with people who I would consider in the demographic, so mid to late 20s about this, for whatever reason, and I don't know what the reason is, and I I welcome uh, a combination of either theories, your thesis, or just flat out disagreeing, it is my feeling that there is a healthy amount of, I don't know what the right word the right word for it would be. Um, I'm going to give it a good long thought. I'm going to give it a good long thought. It's like the Doug Vaughn live read pause. Pushback. Subtle pushback against ambition for young people. Now, I don't know why that is. But I just notice it. And I'm not talking about like, you know, like one of the running jokes on the show, which is also certainly outdated, is a reference to parties in the park, which I guess still goes on. But it's this thing in Clayton, since uh, some of you are probably already familiar with it, where it's kind of like young professionals get together. And it, the running joke was, you know, talking about how much they make. And, and even though they're living in like a shithole apartment, they're driving a BMW 3 Series to try and pick up. That's the game. Um, and so... I'm talking about the climate slash culture providing encouragement slash, I don't know if the right word is reward, but a, but a, but a culture of, you know, smiling upon those who are giving it their all as entrepreneurs or coming up with innovation and technology. Now, again, I'm talking about startups in some capacity as being a positive here, but I'm talking about throughout the region. It's like, oh, he got a Mercedes or, oh, she thinks she's so good now because she's making whatever. And so it's like getting hated on as opposed to, man, now I see that he or she can do that. I'd love to do that as well and not be miserable in my job and just kind of like sign off on the rest of my life and and listen there are circumstances that people have not everybody's in a position to be able to do it some people have families and they're just not in a position to be able to to take a chance um but i'm talking about in general um a culture of wanting to see ambition and i feel like that, that is lacking In St. Louis, in comparison, again, to what I'm looking at is other top 25 markets. Gangster Pete, you're sitting here, but you would fall into this category as a gentleman with an MBA, uh, absurdly more well-educated than me. I do not possess a college degree. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. What do you think? Do you agree with this? Do you disagree with this? I want to have a conversation with you is what I want to have. You on? There you are. Nurse? Nancy? Hi, Tom, What do you think?
1: Uh, well, I think that a lot of people would come back if there's more opportunity. I think the opportunity is lacking unless you're in certain industries.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like that ambition is in some odd way kind of pushed back for younger people?
1: I don't see that. I think that it's more of people that act like that just aren't happy where they are, and that's how they deal with it.
0: What do you mean? People who act like what?
1: Well, people that act like ambition's not cool. I think that's just because they don't have anything going for them at the time. Gangster just, Pete, much think, more direct than me. I Gangster Pete, the, much more direct than me.
0: The way of coping with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I, is, is, I don't, see. I don't know why it is. I just feel like it is. But I wanted to see if I. But I see. Here's the thing. I've had the conversation with other people, but those people aren't in broadcasting, so they're not going to be in a position to say it. And then even me being in broadcasting, knowing that it's going to get hated upon. Uh, it's like, what's the upside in talking about it? But I don't want to have the honest, honest conversation because in a way, I think it ties into the airport thing because it ties into the business thing. I think you have plenty of people in St. Louis with money. It's old. It's old. Like, <laughs> that's, uh, I was texting with somebody, somebody who actually people would uh, know. I'm talking about not just like friends of mine. I'm talking about people in St. Louis. If I said the person, the person doesn't live here anymore. And this person was saying, I got to tell you, because I love my hometown, but the perception of St. Louis from people here is that it's old money with some real racial issues. And talked about the racial issues uh, quite a bit. Haven't really gotten hated on for that. I guess that's good. People are at least acknowledging that exists, um, which is good because you have to acknowledge a problem in order to start looking at a solution, even though I have no idea what, how, how you actually solve that problem outside of just... Uh, attempting to, to not be a bigot, uh, which shouldn't be that difficult, but I know it seems like a, like a longer and longer putt these days. But, um, but with regard to, uh, the old money thing, it's like, yeah, why would those who kind of have everything that they want here want to, you know, see change because it's a, it's a great spot for them. Um, yeah, I understand that. I don't, I don't necessarily even fault people for that, but I'm talking about, People coming along and not new money, like you know, again, like flashing and showing off that you got this and you got that. That type, I think, is oftentimes that's not that's not really the people who necessarily have it. They just want the attention, which is a totally different thing. I mean, maybe they have the money, but that's how they're handled. so whatever. That's that. I'm talking about a uh, those who actually have. And this isn't, by the way, some passive way for me to talk about myself uh, at all. Again, I'm 42. Uh, I'm talking about people in their 20s or or 30s, for that matter, um, where it's like, man, good for that person. Yes, inevitably, it's human nature in some capacity to have some form of jealousy. So I understand that. And I understand that psychological element in the discussion. But I'm talking about essentially a young professional class in the market. That's what I'm talking about, and how it is lacking, and so that what happens is you may have people who do move back here after college, but then go. My God, the the circle, so to speak, is so small. You're nodding. You agree with this? Yeah. The, the circle here is so small that you know I wanted to live here, but my God, I think I'm going to move to Chicago. And I don't. I could. It's like more than two hands. I could name so many people who've who've been in that category, or Denver, whatever the case might be. And I don't, and I don't know what the solution to it is, uh, because again, it kind of goes back to the airport discussion, which is chicken and egg, um, and and it's certainly it's certainly because it's not an every, it's not an all, it's not a one brush for you know the whole region. That's not what it is. It's just it's a, it's a noticeable difference. And uh, whereas I made note earlier that my traveling these days is limited with having a son. And, of course, the year before, my wife being pregnant the entire time, uh, and even when we did travel, it was pretty much all we did was go to spring training and we'd go to, to Las Vegas. Um, so it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm removed from when I was bouncing from, you know, whatever NFL city to NFL city or MLB city to MLB city or NHL city, NHL city, whatever, and seeing it. But at the time, it just it just stood out to me that, you know, there's, there's this 20-something and 30-something young professional class that I don't feel like we have as much of in St. Louis and is it chicken or egg, but either way, even if it is chicken or egg for those people who have done something or for those people who are trying something, um, even if they don't work, God bless them for giving it a shot that it isn't necessarily as encouraged here. And even to an extent pushed back now, Pete, I guess is citing that it's more like hater type shit, um, which might be the case. I don't know. But it's like you got to be like conscious, like, yeah, no, I, you know, I don't want to say I live in this municipality because it's be like, oh, you think you're so great because you live in this municipality. And it's like, I just live there. I mean, you know, and it's an odd thing. Or you drive this. Well, I drive this because I had that and it didn't really go great. And I like this car. You know, it's and it's just an odd thing. And I don't know. And in a sense, maybe it's it's just an overall humility thing, which I think is a positive but it's humility. If it's for your own doing it's hate. If now you're focusing on somebody else's doing. So that's, that's what I meant when I was talking about, you know, the, 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 airport element, um, which was yes, for, for the average traveler, assuming you're flying domestic, it's, yeah, it's in, it's inconvenient in the sense that you have one airline for the most part, um, for the most part. Um, and therefore you're going to limit your choices and oftentimes that airline has stops. But yes, of course you can get to take your pick of whatever whatever distant domestic city you can absolutely go there. However, there are, there is a there is an entire population in the United States of business people who part of their job is that they're just on the road and it's not just the people who are constantly flying, and therefore time is of the essence, not just for meetings, uh, but also to have their personal time with their family. But I'm also talking about their employers and the cost and then the time that they have their employees out on the road or they want to bring people to their their headquarters. And so if it is incredibly inconvenient to do that or it's like, oh, well, I'm flying to St. Louis, it's like, oh, shit, it's going to be a whole day-long thing. That, to me is relevant to the discussion and I think is more of the issue than the quote-unquote, as the gentleman who posted the question asked, the average traveler. I would consider myself the average traveler. I don't have to fly everywhere for my job. I will fly here and there for vacations. Uh, And so, therefore, it's just kind of like, oh, well, I guess that means we'll check in early today or that means we'll be checking in late because we won't get there until 6 o'clock. And, oh, that sucks. we got to fly through Baltimore to get to, you know, spring training even though it's in Florida and seems to make no sense, but that's going to save us $150. So that's what we'll do. That is just kind of air flight out of Lambert in 2018. And most of us are just kind of used to it, but picture that you're not flying to wherever for vacation or you are the employer. And I realize there probably are a lot of fortune 500 CEOs listening to this podcast, but you're going, okay, we got to send this group here and we've got to get them there. But then the next day we have a meeting here. And so we got to get them there. And then if it's you're flying through here and you're flying through here and these people are used to flying and they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of reward points and therefore they're flying business class or first class, whatever the case might be, then it's an issue. And then what happens is we say, oh, first class, hashtag blessed, go fuck yourself. Well, but but it's a real thing. Now, are you shaking your head there? Or are you agreeing with me? I can't tell what you're doing here. Either. It's tough to play poker with you.
1: The whole ha- hashtag blessed and all that is just real annoying to me. Like, so if, you—if people act like that, they're they're removed from my circle. I just don't. Do you that are. Much. If
0: somebody types something hashtag bless, you're out.
1: Yeah, it's just like, well, I mean, what's the point? Like, you obviously don't really care that much about me. You should want to see me do well. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at—the whole thing. Right. That's and at I the totally core of it. I totally agree with that. And if you don't feel that way, then you're not really my friend. And then why do I care about what you think about anything? That's just how I think
0: gangster Pete, gangster Pete, much more direct. Maybe you should host questions from the audience. I'm rambling today. I'd be, I'd have been done. You would have been done. Well, that's because you don't like how long I go. Cause we got to go do this other show. Uh, but, but, uh, no, you're much more interesting. <laughs> I don't know. You're kind of direct. I like it, but I, but I, but, but, you know, it's a weird thing. Cause again, I know in, in why gangster Pete and I do have to jet is because we're hosting the, uh, well, Dan McGlock and I are hosting gangster Pete's producing the hot stove show. Um, and so we do have to go. And so we're working on this whole new thing. Um, and maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. And that's just kind of the way it is. Both Pete and I, I think, and certainly McLaughlin would, would fall under the umbrella of being entrepreneurs. And part of the deal with being an entrepreneur is inevitably you are going to fail. I mean, You're going to fail. Like there's no way you bat a thousand. I'm sure some people have bat a thousand. So I shouldn't say there's no way. But inevitably, in order to really fire bullets and trying to have something work, you're either going to initially fuck it up and then have to make it right or it's going to fail. That's part of the deal. But as the great Michael Scott said when quoting Wayne Gretzky, you have to shoot in order to score. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So that's the nature of the beast. And what I'm saying is I want more people in the region, in particular young people, to be encouraged to take shots. Like from my standpoint, I love the fact that that I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to be doing in a couple of years. I love that. Now, I also know that there that would scare the shit out of plenty of people. And, and part of the deal is, is that when you don't know uh, and then you have a family, and that's an important element of this, and I don't want to dismiss it. Maybe I, maybe people thought I used to dismiss it. Maybe I was dismissing it before I had a child. But now that I have a child, so I'm part of the club. So I certainly consider it to be a uh, relevant, uh, and by that I mean a relevant factor, not irrelevant um, but I love, I love that. It's like, okay, we could still do this. You know, I mean, what we're doing here today with Pete and I and McLaughlin, we might be starting some kind of big project or in like two months, we're like, oh fuck, that didn't work. But at least, you know, we tried it and here's why it didn't work. And there's the eulogy and we'll learn from that for the next project, whatever it's, 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 it's the price you pay. I mean, with, with running radio stations or operating programming and inside STL, my God, how many shows have we come up with? And then a lot of them just didn't work. But, you know, I came up with one with the help of some compadres and the cat and Martin Kilcoin 13, 14 years ago. And sometimes all it takes is one. But you got to you gotta take your shot. And that's what I'm saying. I just feel like oftentimes the climate here is non-conducive, perhaps more from a cultural element. And by that, I mean other people hating on success and or ambition. Uh, maybe it's not the ambition that's hated on so much as the byproduct of a successful uh, ambition. And then, if people don't handle the success as well. But I'll tell you this it's still one of the, like Randy Markell, who owns the station, he laughs about it he laughs about it and he laughs about it. One of the worst moments of my career was when, the, well, I mean, this was before the Post Dispatch wrote about it, was when the details, some of which were reported inaccurately, uh, one of which that I bought into KFNS. I did not buy into KFNS, but that uh, in order to get the deal done, Randy offered me part ownership of KFNS a couple of years ago, and it was published in, in some broadcast trade magazine. And I'm sitting at the Venetian playing in a poker tournament going, okay, I got the deal done. I got a couple of weeks here. doesn't start for a few months, and I can relax with my wife and enjoy myself. And I'm an hour and a half into the poker tournament, playing very well, I should note, and have a nice big stack, and my phone starts blowing up, and I look down, and it's all of these people going – the details of your contractor online. And what in the hell is this? And, um, and then of course, you know, and some people are like, I can't believe Dan Caesar wrote about it. It once it was out and it, it, you know, it was, it was out and I figured he was going to write about it. So, and it's in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and like the article is titled the million dollar man or something like that. Like Jay Randolph Jr. was calling me million dollar baby uh, for a couple of weeks until I finally said, Jennings, if you could please stop. But, 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 but then people like my peers in this business, now it became hate, hate, you know, uh, like, oh, fuck him. He does that pervert show. He doesn't even go to Bush stadium or enterprise center or whatever, you know? And, and, and then it's like, and then it's a whole thing. And I'm like, well, you know, the, the, yeah, some of that's accurate. Some of it's inaccurate, but then it's like, I can't go. Well, that's accurate. I am actually making that. No, that's not accurate about this. Cause then it's like, oh, I mean, so I can't talk about it. So I'm just like blowing in the wind and it's like, well, how come he's making that? You know? And it's awful. It's an awful thing. Um, it was awful. It was it was truly awful. Like I said, Randy thought it was funny, and and we we did laugh about it in the sense that I thought it was funny, that he thought it was funny, but I'm like, dude, this isn't funny. This fucking sucks, and this is going to be an. This is going to stick with me forever. This will always stick with me. Um, and on top of it, it's just it's like it's it's, it's that's KFNS. We also have. Inside STL, Pete McLaughlin and I, Nick Yale, we're all working on a whole new project. There are all kinds of things. And sometimes you have good months and quarters and years, and sometimes you don't. You know, you, you have highs, you have lows. It's part of the game. But you want to take your shot. And so I'm just, I'm always for, I'm telling you, I, I'm e- and even if you go, oh, wow, what a terrible idea that was. And how big of a failure was that? And I'll go, yeah, but at least he or she took the shot. God bless him. You know, because it takes a great amount of courage to go out on your own, especially if you're putting your own money that you've saved, or you go to a bank and get a line to start something up and take an, take an idea and try and run with it and, and build something. I mean, that's a, essentially how this country was built. Uh, and, and so I have a great amount of respect for it. I'm And listen, this, this is like going to finish up with a Dennis Miller rant and not the Dennis Miller of 2018, Dennis Miller of 1998. I don't know what happened. And that is, I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Uh, and I know it's going it, to, it's not intent. I mean, fuck it's a podcast. It's not like, I'm trying to get some audience or something like that with the, the radio show or Twitter. I'm just giving you my honest opinions because this, the Mazzaloc Lambert line got such a response. And then it led to all of these different layers of it, uh, that I'm giving you my perspective on it to, 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 go straight to what he said regarding the airport playing a role in free agents. I can't imagine that's the case at all, but shit. I mean, he brought it up. I have no idea. He might've just been making a joke. Who knows? But then it got into all these topics regarding Lambert and and the whole thing. And so what, what winds up happening usually I find is that when I'm talking to people who have either lived in other cities or are currently living in other cities or who do a lot of traveling, they agree with me 100%. And then the people who for the most part have not traveled, and it's not because I'm as Pete loves, hashtag blessed because I got to travel to all of these places. I didn't do it. It was my job. It's not like I was making so much money that I'm like, sweet, Rams are playing in San Francisco. Let's fly on out and enjoy it and stay at the Ritz. I was flying out there because KMOV was paying for it, Uh, that you get to see other cities and not just San Francisco caliber cities. Um, And so you get to see what's going on around the country. And then you compare it to your hometown and you go, okay, wow, it seems like we're behind here. Why is that? But if you have that conversation, and I did have that conversation to an extent when I was in my 20s, I had a lot of older people, of course, go, fuck you. What do you know? Or they would, you know, just like dismiss it. And here we are 14 years later, and I'm not surprised by it because I felt very strongly about it in 2003, 4, 5. I was right. But that's not like a, that was an obvious I was right. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes these things are, are quite, I'm like, yeah, Eric Greitens scumbag. You couldn't tell you voted for him. Okay. I mean, shit. I, I, I said the morning after the election, I said, you guys can focus on Donald Trump all you want. That's fine. Plenty of people are. Other people are absolutely thrilled. But th- what concerns me is this Eric Greitens guy, because I can tell this guy's just a sleazebag and it's going to be a problem. Um, but I don't go, man, look at me. I'm very intuitive. I'm like, that's, that shit was obvious. So St. Louis falling behind in 2003, 2004, 2005, and St. Louis having issues in 2018. These, to me, things are very obvious. I don't think I'm some wizard, but I also know saying it is unpopular, but I think in order to to improve, we have to have the conversation. So this is really like at the, at the foundation of it, why that is. Um, but perhaps I'm wrong. That's why I'm saying it. Perhaps I'm wrong. I think that the free agent situation with the airport is is irrelevant, but I but I also think Mazalik might have been making a joke or might have been talking about baseball players' families coming and going out of St. Louis. Maybe he was just because he travels a lot. He's like, God, this sucks. I got to fly through two cities in order to get to here or there. I have no idea. Um, but anyway, there it is. There it all is. This, this, you're welcome to agree. You're welcome to disagree. You're well, And I enjoy a good conversation. As I was saying earlier, sometimes long emails and because we are working on a variety of things, I don't have the time oftentimes, especially attempting to be a good husband and father to write as much back, but I really do read them. And I love reading them even when they disagree or negative or whatever the case might be. So feel free to email T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. That's how you can get involved and, uh, and respond to the conversation. Uh, I anticipate some negativity on it, but I wanted to have to give you my perspective on what became something that people were uh, talking about, which is Missaelak in the airport, and then how the airport's an issue, and, and so on and so forth. So there it all is. Ryan Kelly makes it possible. The home loan expert.com studios, James Carlton of the State Farm Insurance Agency, as I told you about earlier, uh, and then of course Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, um, who has been a great sponsor of this podcast and somebody that I endorse uh, as a person for certain. And I'm just letting you know, uh, that here's, we get into fall and it's already feeling like winter around here. There's not as much time to play golf or play around outside. It's a great time to start getting things together with your money. If you want to get off to a good start in 2019, get a jump on it. Now think about it. If you're like most of us, you've probably done some things financially, but you're wondering if they're the right things for you, or you've been thinking one of these days, I'm going to get with somebody about my money and get this set up right. Well, go to Mark Hanna and Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. That's evergreenstl.com. This is my promise to you. And I don't know how I could do it. I wish I could just go here. Here's a guarantee. Here's whatever. 100 bucks and if I'm wrong, I'll give you 100 bucks. But I can't do that. But I would because I feel this strongly about it. Call him at 314-889-0503. 314-889-0503. Go to his website evergreenstl.com to find out more. His name is Mark Hanna Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Ryan Kelly, TheHomeLoanExpert.com, James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet, Seth Goldcamp, Design Air, Heating and Cooling, and Mike Judy of Mike Judy Presents. All wonderful sponsors here of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to another edition of Questions from the Audience. Email me at McKernan at insidestl.com, and we can have a lovely private conversation. And, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, and you can tell me why, and I would love to hear it, and, and maybe it'll lead to a whole nother discussion. Thank you for listening to the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the com studio.
1: We all have a lot on our plates. Work, kids, relationships. And sometimes it can be hard to just catch a breath. When life is go, 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 it matters where you stay. Hilton's family of brands is team members dedicated to making you feel truly cared for so you can mentally check out before you even check in. Take the break you deserve and book your next stay on Hilton.com. Hilton for the stay.